0: Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you are about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. Talking about unwavering faith. You know, I believe that if we can get this word in our spirit, because there's a lot of things right now that are happening in this day and age. I wrote this down. Your condition that you're in is no match for the God you serve. The very condition that you're in, the thing that you're going through, the circumstance, the situation, whatever is happening right now, can I tell you right now, that is no match for God. It can't compete. That should bring joy within you. That should bring an assurance knowing that God is greater, that God is bigger, that God is more able to work in your life than anything in this life. And I want to start this by going out of James chapter 1. And I used this scripture a couple of weeks ago, but I want to continue out of it. And you're going to see that some of the things that I've been talking about over the past month are going to come out again today because that's just what's working in my heart. That's what I've been praying and thinking about and meditating on. But go to James chapter 1, and we're going to go in verse 2. And But before I do, I just want to let everybody know that we are going to be continuing our services online for the time being. So every Sunday morning at 10 a.m., get your family together, you know, sit around the TV or your iPad or your phone, however you're watching it. And Sunday, every single week at 10 a.m., we will be live. And so I just want to encourage you, watch it. You know, you can also go back and you can listen to it either on YouTube or you can listen to it on podcasts. I know a lot of people in the church right now and even out of the church are listening to it when they're doing their walk, when they're working out, or when they're just sitting on the couch and you're not doing much. Take some time and just listen to that word of God every single day. Amen. But in James chapter 1. Verse 2, it says, count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. This scripture says that you are going to have some things that are going to oppose you. There are going to be things that are going to come at you that are going to stand against you. Whether it be natural or whether it be spiritual, you as a Christian, as a man and a woman of God, are going to face things that oppose you. So how you react, how you respond, how you condition your life, the way you talk, the way you think, is going to determine how you will go through or how you will defeat those things. So it says, how do we do this? How do we defeat these trials, or how do we come against or oppose these things? Count it all joy. (laughs) Joy. Now go to Judges chapter 7. And probably about four weeks ago, I ministered on Gideon. And I'm going to minister on the second half of Gideon's life. We talked out of Judges chapter 6 but this week we're going to talk out of Judges chapter 7. And we'll start in verse 2. Judges chapter 7 verse 2. The Lord said to Gideon, "The people with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hand, lest Israel will boast over me saying my own hand has saved me." Now I'm not going to go through all these verses because there's quite a few but God is about to do some sifting out. He's about to doing some cutaway of a good amount of people from this army so that the people cannot get the glory or the Israelites cannot get the glory, but only God can. It's going to be something that only God can get the glory for. It's going to be supernatural in every way. And you know, I believe that God is working in your life today. I believe that God wants to do supernatural things in your life. If you will just begin to cut things away, when you begin to say, you know what, I can't do it on my own. I've been trying to, but it's not working. And this is where you say, God, work through me. I receive your word. I allow it to work in my life. I have faith in your word. And this is what we're talking about today, about not wavering. At the word of God. So Gideon, as we read, he begins to sift these people out. It says in verse 3, Now therefore proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Who is ever fearful and trembling, let him return home and hurry away from Mount Gilead. Then we see that 22,000 people of the people returned and only 10,000 remained. He said, Who is ever fearful and trembling, let him go back. And 22,000 people of this army, this mighty army, left. That goes to show that we have every opportunity. And maybe we can even say this, we have a right to fear and tremble at the things that we go through. Because the thing you might be going through, you know, I know some, I know, actually, I'm going to use a story right now. I prayed over somebody in America that I personally do not know, but from a friend that I know, that he's in the ICU He right now is being helped to breathe by a breathing machine. And the doctors are basically saying that he's probably going to die. And for the past two weeks, I've been standing with this family because he's just now been engaged. You know, he's a young man, and we're believing that he's going to live. And let me tell you, the thing right now that he's facing seems huge. When his fiance heard of it, they were shocked. You know, he's in a bed unconscious right now barely making it, but because we are people of faith, because we know God's word, you know, we've seen it time and time again of Jesus working miracles in people's lives. And maybe you've even experienced it within your own family. I know personally, I've seen people get out of wheelchairs. I've seen God do things that are supernatural. Only God can do. And so by faith, I prayed over that man. It wasn't out of doubt It wasn't out of fear maybe he will die or maybe just try to ease their pain with a little prayer and comfort them. No, it was a prayer of faith. I agreed with what was working in them. And because of that, I still right now from this pulpit, I'll tell you right now, I believe that that man, Kenneth, you're going to walk in the name of Jesus. You're going to live. You're going to breathe properly. And you're going to get up out of that bed. Why? Because I have faith to believe Because the circumstance, the condition is not bigger than God's word. So we see that Gideon had told the armies, hey, look, who's ever fearful and trembling, you can go. 22,000. They allowed the very condition of fear and trembling to tell them to leave. And then we see in verse 4, the Lord said, look, there's too many people still. Take them down to the water, and I'm going to test them. For you there and anyone of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you. They shall go with you, and anyone whom I say to you, this one shall not go with you. So basically saying, I'm going to tell you who's going to go with you and who's not going to go with you. This is how you're going to know. Everyone who laps the water with his tongue, as a dog laps, they shall be set by themselves. Likewise, everyone who kneels down to drink. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hands to their mouths, was 300 men. But all the rest of the people knelt down to drink water. So what does that mean? Well, let's do some math. 10,000 minus 300, you know, 9,700 people left. And only 300 men were left standing there to defeat this great army. The odds, actually the odds were massive. I believe it's four to one to the Midianite army. So God took this massive army, and doing it down to 300. Now, as Gideon, we know Gideon is this man of valor, man of courage, right? He's already seen God work in his life. We saw that when he tore down the altar, or the uh, idol Baal, and put up the altar of God. We've seen God work in his life. We saw it with the fleece when God showed up. Here's Gideon again, in a place of uncertainty, in a place of fear and trembling, because you see Now he only has 300 men to defeat this great army. The same night, in verse 9, it says, In the same night the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp, for I have given it into your hand. The very thing you're going against, God has already provided the answer for you. The very thing that you may be offended about, that you may be frustrated about, that you may, you know, maybe it's taking so much time, it's taking all your energy, it's caused friction between your marriage, it's caused friction between your kids. That very thing that's going on right now, God has provided a way for you out. And he's doing the same thing to you like he did Gideon. He's saying, arise. Come on, you got to wake up you got to arise. you got to take your place in God. And it says, go down against the camp, for I have given it into your hand. But if you are afraid to go down, take your servant with you, and you shall hear what they say. And afterwards, your hand will be strengthened to go down against the camp. So God's telling them, hey, look, take your servant with you, pura, and I want you to hear something. And when you hear it, you're going to be strengthened. What does that sound like? Well, it sounds like God's word. What happens when we hear God's word? Well, we know it brings faith, right? So as we're hearing God's word, faith comes. And what happens to us then? We are strengthened. We have strength. Therefore, we have strength to override the very feeling, the very condition that we are going through or facing. And because of this faith that we have in us, we are now able to live life without fear, staying focused, staying consistent. You know, that's really the issue. If we could just every single day, going back to what I said at the beginning, is spend time with God, you would, be, if you could just have consistent fellowship with God, consistent relationship with God every single day, do you know that you would have the strength and the power To live through the very thing that you're going through, you wouldn't allow that thing to override you. But you say, well, that's too easily said. No, it's not. I promise you God's word is true. God's word works. So why would we believe in it but not live it? You know, we got a lot of people that say they believe it but don't show that by the fruit that they have. You know, let's go to Hebrews, actually go to uh, James chapter 1 and let's go down I'm pull up my Bible off my phone. James chapter 1. And go to verse 6. It says in James chapter 1 verse 6. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person... Must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. For he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. That word double-minded means this. He is wavering or he has uncertainty. He is doubting. He is divided in interest. He says, don't think that a double-minded man or suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. What is this saying? Where is your faith at today? You say, well, it's in God. Man, I fully trust in God. Okay. Well, as soon as something comes against you, what's the reaction and response? Is it this battle with inside the mind that says, oh, my gosh, how am I going to get through this? Now, look, that's okay. But we always go back to his word. But how do we do this if his Word's not in us? See, this goes back to an every single day encounter with God. You know, If you were to go without God for a few days, you're going to feel it spiritually, and then you're going to begin to walk in the flesh, and then you're going to fulfill the desires of the flesh. If you continue to go on in the Scripture, and you go down to verse 13, it says, Let no one say when he is tempted that I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is, look, lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. You know, it's not sin, if you have a quick thought, But it's sin when you begin to allow that thought to be in your mind and you begin to ponder on it and meditate on it and think about it. Because when you start doing that, what's going on is it's beginning to be be conceived, and now you're giving birth to that sin. So now your mind's on it, and eventually what happens is it gets into your mouth, it gets into your heart, and it gets into your actions. See, we got to understand that there are things that can work against our faith. It's hard to serve God and come to God when we have things within our life that are distracting us and dominating us, things that are causing walls. You know, it's like we can't see God. And a lot of the times it's because the things that you're going through, you have begun to allow those things to be louder to be bigger, to be greater. But let me tell you that you serve a God that gave you an answer. He sent his son Jesus to die on a cross so that you didn't no longer have to be a slave to sin. You may right now be so caught up in some type of sin that you don't know how to get to God. But let me tell you, he provided a way and right now don't allow those things to bring condemnation, but that is what sin will do. It will condemn you. But right now get right in your heart. Come straight to God and say, God, I'm done. No more. I'm not running anymore. I'm coming straight to you. I'm coming to the Father. I'm bringing everything that I'm dealing with, all the problems, all the issues, all the things that have been defeating me, and I'm bringing them to you because I know that I'm free, but it's only through Christ. We're talking about unwavering faith. Going back in the Judges chapter 7, Gideon goes down to the enemy's camp. Judges chapter 7. And there's two soldiers. And go to verse 13. When Gideon came, behold, a man was telling a dream to his comrade. And he said, behold, I dreamed a dream. And behold, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian and came to the tent and struck it so that it fell and turned it upside down so that the tent laid flat. And his comrade answered, this is no other than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. God has given into his hand, or God has given into his hand Midian and all of the camp. And it says, as soon as Gideon heard the telling of this dream and his tr- interpretation, he worshipped, he returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has given the host of Midian into your hand. Man, this is beautiful. You got the enemy having dreams about the Gideon coming in and defeating them. So that shows me that these men were already in fear because they didn't know what to expect. They've heard of what God can do. They knew what the Israelites were capable of. And so God, to increase the faith of Gideon, he said, go down because you're going to hear a dream and you're going to hear an interpretation. And it's going to be about you coming down and defeating them. And as soon as Gideon heard it, it said that he worshiped God. As soon as he heard it, he worshiped. This is an example for us. What do you do at the sight or when you hear the word of God? Do you worship? Do you rejoice? Or do you, when you hear it, it's like, how am I going to do this? You know, when, when you read the stories in the Bible, when you read things, when you look at, like, the woman with the issue of blood... As she touched the hem of Jesus' garment, she was miraculously healed. When you see Jairus' daughter, when Jesus raised her from the dead, when you read stories like that, or when the soldier came to Jesus and said, at your word, my servant will be healed. When you hear, like, does that increase your faith? Or do you look at it and say, "Like, there's no possible way this could happen. Or do you look at it in shock and in unbelief? and Like, man, it's it's too far. It's too much of a fairy tale to believe. And you say, why are you saying it like this? Because I feel like sometimes we don't truly believe what God's word is speaking because if it did, the very fruit and the essence of how we live would be very differently. You know, we either believe it or we don't. We're either full, hot for God, trusting and standing on his word, or we're not. You know, we don't live in this gray area. We don't live as lukewarm. We know what the Bible says. You're either hot or you're cold. And I don't want to live under the illusion that if I live this way, that it's okay with God. Because it's not. Because I have to understand that there's a greater purpose. There's a greater calling as a man of God, as a woman of God, as someone that is following after Jesus. We have a great calling within our life. And what is that? That's to bring the gospel to people. But how can we bring the gospel when the gospel that we are preaching and believing in, we don't see it work in our life. We don't see it effective in our life. We don't experience it on a day-to-day basis. How can we really just go out to people and tell people about it when it's not working for us? It's going to be difficult. It's going to be very hard. And I believe and know that to this be true, the reason why we don't minister, the reason why we don't tell people about Jesus is because our, us ourselves aren't experiencing Jesus on a daily basis. And this is what stops us from ministering or from preaching the gospel to people. You know, Gideon could have heard what they said. He could have said, yeah, that was a dream. But that doesn't mean it's true. I need more, God. He could have said, this, isn't, this ain't going to work still. He could have looked at 300 men and said, no way. I mean, he was down there, saw the army of Midianites. He said, there's no way we're going to do this. And he could have said, you know what? I'm not going to do this. There's no way. But he trusted in God's word. and Because he trusted in God's word, well, we see that they defeated the Midianites, and they did it in a supernatural way to where God was only able to get the glory. Go to Mark chapter 10. And I'm going to conclude with this. Mark chapter 10. We're talking about unwavering faith. And go to verse 46. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. And Jesus and his disciples. They're coming to Jericho, Mark chapter 10, verse 46. And it says, they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your what? Faith has made you whole, made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Now think about this. When he heard that it was Jesus, he heard that it was Jesus. So Bartimaeus have obviously has obviously heard that Jesus is a miracle worker. And in Bartimaeus' state and condition, when he heard Jesus was coming, when he heard the word was coming, when he heard that Jesus was on his way, in his mind and in his heart, he said, "This is my moment. I'm going to be healed. I don't want to be like this anymore." And then you continue to see that as he he or hears Jesus walking and he hears the crowd, he begins to shout. He used the only thing that he could do, his voice. He began to shout to Jesus, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Maybe some of you right now at that place where you don't have any strength left, you don't have any more energy. You know, you've listened to so much stuff to where you just feel defeated. You feel like, man, I don't know what to think. I don't know what to believe. There's so, much thing go- There's so many things going on in the world right now that my mind is just conquered by all this noise. But I'm telling you right now, you still got a voice. You know, you still have something in you that can shout to God, that can cry out to God. Whatever little faith that you do have, use it today. We see that Bartimaeus is yelling and the people around him were rebuking him, telling him to be quiet, stop. <laughs> don't bother him. You know, don't allow people around you to confuse you, to get you offended, to get you away from the call of God and the walk of God within your life. Don't allow people, and you know, maybe it's not necessarily people, it could be social media. You know, if your source of knowledge today comes from the Internet and not from God's Word, it's going to be hard to be founded and staying strong in His Word. It's going to be hard not to be double-minded. You know, if one is overriding the other, if that social media and all that is overriding God's Word, That's what you'll think about all the time. And what is that going to feel with inside of you? Well, we know confusion, anger, offense, pride, if we can be honest. That's what I'm seeing a lot of is pride. So what does that mean? Well, we need to turn our heart to the things of God, to his word. And what is that going to do? It's going to bring faith, love, strength, hope, you know, that's what's going to happen. Bartimaeus, when Jesus said, call him, and they got him, first thing he did, he threw off his cloak. Now, this cloak represented who he was. This was given to him as a beggar. This is what he wore. And the very thing he did before he went to Jesus, he threw it off. You know, this cloak was a place of comfort. It was a place of his past It was something that he was, he knew it was relevant to him. You know, and there's things within your life that today you're going to have to get out of. You're going to have to step away from. Maybe you're in a place of comfort, and this is what's stopping you from experiencing God. Maybe you're in a place where you're just continually living in the past. You know, you're thinking about things that have happened, and it's allowing to be in your mind, and that's how you think it's going to be, and it could be in any aspect of your life. It said that he threw it off. He threw this thing that was his identity, and he came before Jesus. Today, I'm encouraging you to throw away or to get rid of the things that you are identifying with because that is going to cause you to waver in your faith. Those things are going to cause you to get off the plan that God has for your life. See, faith will stand even when all else fails. It says in Hebrews chapter 10, Verse 22, Hebrews 10. Verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. With our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope Without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Because remember, we're not doing this alone. We're doing this together. I mean, right now, we have a body within this region, within our church. You're part of a body. What are you doing right now to encourage the body? Are you calling and texting people and saying, man, how are you doing? You know, building them up in the word of God. Or are there offenses and things stirred inside of you against people within the body? I mean, if there's that within the body, how are we supposed to affect people outside of the body? Get it right. Let's love one another the way God has intended us to love. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. And go to... Verse 32, in the same chapter. But recall the former days when you, or when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Come on, man. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may, have, you may receive what is promised. And in verse 39, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we are those who have faith and persevere their souls. Come on, that's us today. That is the church. That is the people of God. We are not those who shrink back and are destroyed. Where is the condition and state that you're in today as a man and woman to God? Is it a condition of unwavering, not having a double mind, but being stable, knowing that God's faithful, having confidence, having an assurance, having a faith in him? Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.